you weren't in Sunday school, welcome to Scripture Memory Ministry. It is a pleasure to be here. My wife Mary's over there in the red top. If you'd like to know my better half, and she'll be back at the back table afterwards if you're interested in looking at some of the books. We do not make any money on these books. We only sell them for the price it takes to print them. We have some new people, so I brought out the books. I thought that you might be most helpful for you. This is titled Memorizing with Preacher Man. A lot of the people here purchased this and it helped them a lot. This will help you. It talks about how to memorize, how to review, where to find verses to memorize, chapter contents in here. The last chapter is my favorite. What's your excuse? And this one's like a sister to it. This gives you the ammunition to memorize. There's a lot of bunch of verses here topically with outlines to help you study your Bible. We'll be talking a little about that this morning. Excuse me. And uh, it's important for us to get into our Bibles and depend upon the answer. But this is loaded with answers to different subjects, so you might want to look at those and then some at the back table. On the sign, it says, bring your questions. I don't know if he's planning, the pastor's having a special question and answer session, but people have already been asking me questions. So if you have some Bible questions, don't be afraid to ask. I had one before we get into the message that I want to share with you. Uh, we had several, but I thought this one was very important. Why are genealogies found in the Bible? Sometimes they are one right after the other. So-and-so begot so-and-so, and so begot so-and-so. You know, that's a very good question, and there are several reasons for it. First of all, it does show you the generations of each one where they came from. For instance, the line of Christ is important, so that's why the genealogies are found in Matthew chapter 1 and in Luke chapter 3. But the second reason is this. When you're talking to somebody of a different religion, especially somebody like the Muslims, they really come in handy. When I was at the prison, they believed that, they, that Jesus came from the line of Ham and not from the line of Shem. So I had to use the Bible to show them through the genealogies that Jesus came from the line of Shem and not from the line of Ham. Here's another good reason. It helps us understand the time frame. For instance, Genesis chapter 10, verses 21 and 22. Genesis 10, 21 and 22, and it says, The sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, Arphaxed, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hal, Gether, and Mash. Uz, there is U-Z. Okay, well, why you say, why you talk about that? Because if you go to Job chapter 1, it says there was a man in the land of Uz, that's U-Z, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, one that feareth God and eschewed evil. So now we have a more of a time frame of when Job lived, realizing that he was sometime during the time of Uz because it was a land of Uz. And here's another good reason. Uh, speaking of the genealogy of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, This book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Judas, and his brethren. All of these give the time frame of which they lived. If you study these, you will see that each guy that lived here, Abraham, Isaac, and so on, all had a per, per purpose of their lives setting up for the next one. Abraham, the father of many nations, Isaac fulfilling it, and then Jacob having the twelve sons, and so on. So we see that these give you the idea of where they all come from. So there's many reasons why for gene uh, genealogy. I thought we'd bring that to your attention. Uh, 
Tonight, we're going to have a very special service, so you don't want to miss this. If you've never seen anything like this, you're going to enjoy this, yet at the same time, we hope it will help wake you up to the value of your Bible. If you have your King James Bibles this morning, please turn to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, and we ask that you stand out of the respect of God's word. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. You notice how quickly in the Bible this type of information is given about the Bible. And here's a perfect example because we've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and here's Joshua. Of course, it's mentioned before of this, but the emphasis of the value of the Word of God is mentioned here in this verse. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it there and day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make the way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. By the way, this is the only place in the entire Bible you see the word success. So if you want the key for success, what is it? Getting in the Bible, meditating upon it, and depending upon the answers. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? This morning in this morning service, the value of God's word, part two. The value of God's word, part two. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll begin. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you will speak to hearts this morning. I'm only your servant. I cannot do this myself. We ask for your wisdom, strength, and power. We thank you for these dear folks. We pray that you might work in their hearts. And we pray if there's somebody here not sure they go into heaven, that today might be their day of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> in Sunday school, we talked about the inspiration of the scriptures and that it's God's word and how we need to depend upon it for the answers. Now let's help you find some answers. We're going to talk first of all in point one about reading the Bible God's way. Let me say that again. Reading the Bible God's way. You say there's a certain way to read the Bible? Yes, there is. And it's not very popular today. As a matter of fact, it's getting less and less popular. And I might say that's the reason why you're not memorizing verses. You're not reading the Bible the way it's supposed to be read. This is why you're not getting anything out of it. No, we need to take the time and do it God's way. And that's what we're going to talk about in the first point here. So take your Bible to Psalms chapter 92. Psalms 92 verses 5 and 6. Psalms 92 verses 5 and 6. We'll start right here because these verses are very, very important in understanding about reading the Bible God's way. We talked about the Word of God, and here we talk about God's thoughts. And what did he put in the Bible? His thoughts. It says, O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth the fool understand this. Notice it says that God's thoughts are very deep. In other words, when you read the Bible, it's supposed to be read slowly. Say that again. When you read your Bible, you're supposed to read it slowly. Because God's thoughts are very deep. What he says needs to be thought upon, meditated upon, chew it up. 
If I was to take Brother Hyde here out for a steak dinner, I think he'd appreciate that. And it was two inches thick, the size of his plate. He wouldn't put the whole thing in his mouth at once ago. Boom. Boy, Brother Barker, that was good. Can we order dessert now? I don't think he'd do that. He cut it up in pieces, and boy, he'd chew that up little by little, and boy, he'd just savor that, and then he ordered the dessert. That's the way the Bible's supposed to be read. Now, I know everybody in the world tells you, read your Bible, boom, 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 boom. But this is what God says. Slow down and read your Bible slowly. I cannot emphasize this enough. Remember Fred Flintstone when he got... He got stuck up by the guy when he had the bowling balls in his hands, and he said, All right, hand over your wallet, count to a thousand. Nice and slow, see? That's the way to do it. Nice and slow. Well, when you read your Bible, it's nice and slow, see? That's the way to do it. Nice and slow. It's not how much you read. It's how much you get out of what you've read. You say that again. It's not how much you read. It's how much you get out of what you've read. Now, I was telling Brother Teasdale this on the phone, and I believe this is important. We have technology today, and there's nothing wrong with using technology. For instance, some of you have an iPad, you got the Bible on it, you got the cell phone, you got your Bible on it, and we got the computer with the online Bible and eSword. Those have their place for looking up verses. But when you're having your personal devotions, read your Bible. Let me say that again. When you have your personal devotions, read your Bible. If you're using your iPad, you know what it's like? It's like going to the drive-thru at McDonald's. See? You order your food, you jump it down, and you go on to your next business. And that's exactly what we're doing with our Bibles today. It's, it's almost like a fast food restaurant. And then you wonder why God doesn't speak to us. You wonder why you're not finding any verses to memorize. I'll tell you why. Because we're not thinking it through. Now take your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 1. Easy enough to find. Right in the middle of your Bible, the Psalms. Look at Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says very, very, some very important information here. The word blessed, by the way, means happy. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. All right? We, I got that. We don't want the world's counsel. We don't want that. But what does it say to do? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the Bible. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Did you get that? In his law doth he meditate, ponder, think nice and slow. See, that's the way to do it. Day and night. As a result, it says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. Now, I'm watching the Teasdale kids grow up. The first time I saw these kids, they were little goo goo gagas, right here in mama's arms. And now look at them. They're growing like weeds. They're getting real big. And they come up and say, hi, Brother Parker, with a big smile on their face. You know what? That didn't happen overnight. 
to me it looks like it because I don't see them every day. But you ask their parents and they watch them grow up slowly but surely. Most, kids, uh, most parents, they probably the same thing. In their house, they've got pictures. I know Grandpa does. He's probably got 101 pictures of them, watching them grow up, okay? It takes time. It's the same thing with reading your Bible. It takes time to grow as a Christian. But if you want to grow and you want to really develop as a Christian, you've got to read your Bible slowly. Just like your tummy takes time to digest the food. My wife says I eat too fast, right dear? Okay? She's always telling me, slow down, slow down. Well, there's one time I don't eat too fast, and that's when I read my Bible. I thank the Lord for this. My wife tells me that I have a sixth grade education reading level. I used to be ashamed of that. I'm not anymore, because it helps me slow down and read. I don't like to read. My wife's trying to get me to read the Hardy Boys, okay? I'm enjoying them. She's, I, I, we're going to have to get some more of those, dear. I'm about to do to read some more. Anyway, what I'm saying is, is that's the level I understand. But the Bible, I love because I read it slowly and I'm simple-minded. Remember we talked about being simple-minded? When you read your Bible, be simple-minded and read it slow. This is God's food for you. It's so important. All right? The Bible goes on to say in Psalms 119, verse 97... Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Now, you think about it. If we love something, we think about it a lot. All right? Um, when you go on vacation, are you excited about it? Yeah. All right, because I could picture this guy at work. And he's thinking, man, in two more days... My wife and I, our kids, we're going to pack up the car and we're going to go on vacation. You know what? He's going to think about that all day long at work. And then, oh, yeah, we're going to go here and we're going to get, we're going to listen. listen. You know why he's excited about it? Question. When's the last time you thought about God's word like that? You see, you're all excited about these pleasure things, but there's nothing wrong with it. But my Bible says, oh, how love I the law. It is my meditation all the day. If you love the Bible, you're going to be thinking about it. And that's why you're not being able to memorize. You're not in love with it. If I was to offer these kids ice cream, remember I said ice cream and your brother went, oh, yeah, oh, I like ice cream, right? Right? Why? Because every kid I know loves ice cream. My wife loves ice cream. You tell her we're going out for ice cream, her eyes go, boop, ice cream? Oh, yeah. Why? She loves ice cream. Tell me something. Are you like that when it's time to read your Bible? Oh, boy. Time to read my Bible again. No. Oh, yeah, Bible time. I'm excited. Why? We love the Bible. When you read something, you're looking for something you can chew on for a while. And that's what you're looking for. Nice and slow. It's so important. All right? The Bible goes on to say, in the book of Psalm 119, verse 15, I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. We have to have respect for the word of God. We're talking about the value today. As you read, remember, this is God's Word. Have respect for it. And as you read, realize that God's trying to tell you something. Amen? Yeah. Now, while you're in Psalm 119, we're going to be spending some time there, but go there. I want you to see this verse. Verse 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. Just a few minutes. We're going to spend a whole lot of time in Psalm 119. 
And we'll read this verse again on purpose, but I want you to see this. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. When you read your Bible, let God do the teaching. Let me say that again. When you read your Bible, let God do the teaching. Forget about all you know. I don't think about all the thousand verses I've memorized. Forget all about that. I sit there and let God teach me something because he's the teacher. He's instructing me, and I'm supposed to listen. And if you don't look at the Bible that way, all it's going to be is just another reading session of saying, okay, how much time I got, how many verses do I have to No, no, don't worry about all that. Just sit there and let God teach you something. Open your eyes. Ask God to open your eyes that you may behold wondrous things out of his law. The Bible says in Psalm 32, verse 8, Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God will teach if we're willing to listen. And then Psalms 86, verse 11. I like this one. Psalms 86, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. God will teach us his way if we're willing to listen. But notice it says, his way, not our way. Say that again. His way, not our way. When you're reading your Bible, isn't your way of thinking, it's God's way of thinking. This is his book. Let him teach you the way he thinks. It gets you out of trouble. Amen? Now, here's point number two. As you're reading, we need to follow the Bible God's way. We need to follow the Bible God's way. It's one thing to read it. It's another thing to follow what you've read. By the way, if you want to memorize verses, there's a good reason. You're memorizing so that you can follow what you've read. You've got it with you. You can meditate upon it and make your decisions upon the Bible. That's what you're doing, okay? While you're in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to what? Thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. You see, we always quote verse 11, but we forget the first two verses with it. Why is he memorizing? To keep his heart clean, to follow God's commandments. He's not just reading, he's following, he's digesting these things, so you can follow what God's word has to say. All right? Now, it goes on to say in Psalm 119, verses 104 through 105. These verses, Psalm 119, 104 through 105. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Did you get that? Every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You've got to get to the place where the Bible's not just a book. It becomes your life. You're depending upon it for everything. All your answers, all your decisions, what you're telling your children, what you're teaching your children, what you're going to do at work, how you handle your money, the places you go, all of that should be according to the Bible. The word precepts means God's moral way of thinking or God's moral laws. That's what it means. We're learning how God thinks. 
This is what we're doing when we're reading our Bible. We're, we're seeing how God ticks, how He wants to do things, and how He wants us to do things. That's why we're reading our Bible. Now, you've heard this probably a hundred times about walking in the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Bible says in Galatians 5.16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, how do we walk in the Spirit? Take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Here's Jesus being led by the Spirit of the wilderness. And under the limulus Spirit, this is what he says in verse 4. Then he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We live by the Spirit. How do we do it? According to the Bible. Romans 10.17. Romans 10.17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. Now take your Bible to Psalms chapter 40, verse 8. Psalms chapter 40, verse 8. I love this verse. You're looking for the will of God? Here it is. You're looking for the will of God? Here it is. Psalms 40, verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, that the law is where? Within my heart. God's will is always according to God's word. Say that again. That's important. God's will is always according to God's word. I could preach a whole sermon on that alone. God's will is always according to God's word. That's how much you should follow the Bible. And by the way, we wouldn't just, just read it and hear it. We should do it. James 1.22 James 1.22, but be you doers of the word, and not hearers only. And as a result of this, our actions will prove us walking in the Spirit. Okay? The Bible says, if in John, John, Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So, if you're walking in the Spirit, your life will show it. Because it will be according to the Bible. That's simple. You can claim all you want. Oh, I got the Spirit. Oh, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I got the dance of my gift. I got the Spirit. Does that prove I have the Holy Spirit? No, it proves I'm a nut. Amen? I'm just dancing around here and saying, Oh, what's wrong with this idiot? Okay? No, my life has to prove I have the Spirit because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. Therefore, I'm following the Holy Spirit of what He says. You getting this? That's why I read my Bible. All right. Now, if you're not in Psalm 119, please go there. Way back to Psalm 119, starting with the very first verse. What I'm going to do here is I want to show you something. This is a passage that is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Most people, when they read Psalm 119, it's the largest chapter in the Bible. It's got 176 verses. They read it in one session. I did it. I, I finished it. You know how long it takes me to read Psalm 119 when I read it? At least a week and a half, if not two. You say, that long? Yep. Why? Remember? Nice and slow, see? That's the way to do it. Nice and slow. What I want to do here is for my own personal life, I have a whole category titled, Psalms 119 verses. I want to share some of them with you today and why I pick them to memorize. 
I want to show you in action how I actually pick a verse out and say, wait a minute, I like this. This is why I'm memorizing these verses. I want you to see this so that you can get the idea of memorizing verses for the right reason, reading your Bible and picking verses out, getting prepared for soul winning, getting prepared to raise your children and so on. This is so important. So let's start with the first two verses because everybody overlooks them. And when I started reading Psalm 119 a couple of years ago, I said, wait a minute. We always fly over these. What does this say? So I stopped, and I did it slow, and it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and seek him with the whole heart. Wow. I stopped right there, and I thought, wait a minute. I need to memorize these verses. It talks about being undefiled. If I want a clean life, how do I do it? I walk in the law of the Lord. There we are. Remember we talked about walking in the Spirit? Here it is. Okay, now look at this. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and seek him with what? A whole heart. Okay, i got to put my heart into this. If I'm going to learn God's Word, I have to put my heart into it. My whole heart. Like I do when I want that ice cream. When I do when I want that train set right there. Okay, when I want that train set, I put my whole heart into it. Okay? I, by the way, I just got a new train. It's a John Deere train, okay? Anyway, when I put my heart in something, I want it. Well, it's the same thing with memorizing verses. And that's why I memorize these verses. Now, would you please look at verse 4? Look at verse 4. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Wow. I meditated on this verse for three days before I went on to the next, the next part. You say, you did? Yes. It hit me that hard because it said something very important. It just said, thou has commanded us. That's an important word. God's not just saying, just do this. He's commanding us to do it. Thou has commanded us to keep thy precepts, God's moral laws, God's way of thinking. But he didn't stop there. This is the word that caught me. Thou has commanded us to keep thy precepts, what? Diligently. Wow. I thought, my goodness my mind started going 90 talk about meditating on God's Word I thought this is really important God says we not only be doing these things but doing it diligently and the only way to do that is to be able to have the verses memorized in your heart to think about them so you can do it diligently is this beginning to make sense now look at verse 7 look at verse 7 Psalm 119 verse 7 okay I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Another one I spent two more days on. If I'm going to have my heart right with God, I don't just memorize my verses. I learn them. Ooh, let me say that again. If I'm going to have my heart right with God, I can't just memorize a bunch of information. I just can't memorize verses. No, I learn them. They become a part of me. And that's what David's saying here, is that if I'm going to have an upright heart, I have to learn his righteous judgment. I've got to apply this in my life. That's why I tell people, it's not how much you memorize. It's what you do with what you memorize. I make this look easy. I've been doing this about 50 years, okay? But I'm telling you, they add up after a while when you start putting them on top of each other and start using them. All right? Now... Let's look at these verses again, verses 9 through 11. Why did I memorize these verses? We're going to do this on purpose. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? 
by taking heed thereto, according to thy word, with my whole heart have I sought thee, O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments, thy word have I hid where in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I memorize these verses and put them together because they all go together. If I'm going to have a clean heart, I've got to seek the Lord with all my heart, yes, but I can't wander from God's commandments. I've got to do it with all my heart, and as a result, I put not in my head, but in my heart the Word of God so I don't sin against Him. That's why I memorize these verses. Making sense? All right. Look at verse 15. We mentioned this one before. Why did I learn this verse? Well, this is another one I spent two days thinking about. I will meditate on thy precept and have respect unto whose ways? I can't hear you. Thy ways. Who are we supposed to respect? His ways. Where is ways found? In the Bible. Are you getting this? This is how valuable your book should be to you. I like to go out to the railroad tracks by my house, get my Bible out, think about some verses and meditate on them. Why? Because these are God's ways of doing things and I want to apply it to my life. This is so, so important. Look at verse 18. We mentioned this one. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You know what I thought about when I saw this verse? You ever heard the song? Open mine eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Guess what? The guy got it right from this verse right here. Amen. See, I'm not the only one that meditates on God's word. And I thought, this is great. And I memorized this verse. Why? Because it's a song inspired from Scripture, but also so God can teach me if I, help, I open up my eyes. Now, look at verse 24. Verse 24, Psalm 119, verse 24. That testimonies also are my delight and my counsels. Notice there's two words here. Delight and counsels. If you delight in something, you'll love it. And you'll go to it for your counseling. I don't know what it costs today, brother. What is it, about 150 bucks an hour to go to a counselor? I don't know. But I'm telling you what, the Bible's a lot cheaper. And it's got some good information. It'll help you and save you a bunch of money. You can put in the offering plate instead, amen? But I'm telling you, this is the best counsel there is, right here in the Word of God. That's why I memorized this verse. Now look at verse 63. Verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of all them that keep thy precepts. Wow. I memorized this verse because it tells me who to hang around with. Got that? I want to hang around with the right people. You see, I'm sharing you why I memorize these verses, okay? Now, look at verse uh, 71. Verse 71, Psalm 119, verse 71. It is good that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Uh, Brother Hodd and I were talking about how the Reamer family's been going through the trials and tribulations, but you know what? It's been bringing them closer to God. It gets your attention. So you say, why me, Lord? Why do I go through these things? Well, here's a good verse to remember. It is good that I've been afflicted. Why? That I might learn thy statutes. That's why I memorize this verse. All right? Look at verse 73. Verse 73. Thy hands hath made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. God made me. He's got a purpose for me to serve him. And the only way I'm going to do it is to learn His ways and His commandments. That's why I memorized this verse. Look at verse 89. Look at verse 89. 
Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled where? In heaven. Wow. Who's got the copyright on the Bible? God does. I like that. You look at these other versions, so they're having a fly leaf of their Bible. We were in a motel last weekend. They had this uh, Bible in there. I opened it up from another version, and it said you can only quote a thousand verses with, the, with, with, with their permission. Then you have to get their permission to quote. That's not what my Bible says. Amen? Yeah. I'd be in big trouble, wouldn't I? <laughs> okay? I'll tell you, so, so this is it. And it says forever, okay? All right, now look at verse 99. We're almost through here. I won't go through all of these, but I, I do want to share a lot of these with you. Some people are going to really, really be shocked at this one. I, am more I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. Did you hear that? You say, boy, David's really bragging here. You memorize this verse, you could brag. No, I'm telling you something. Remember we talked about Dr. So-and-so? There it is. He understands that all his teachers, why? All he had to do was meditate on God's word. Think about that. Wow. All right. Let's go down to uh, verse 125. Verse 125. Do a couple more here. 125. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. I memorize this verse because David said he's a servant of man. Remember, he's the king of Israel. Most powerful man in the world at the time. But notice what he says. I'm your servant, Lord. Now, if I'm going to be the right servant, give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. He wanted to do it according to the Bible. That's why I memorize it. See, I want understanding from the Bible. All right? Look at verses 161 and 162. 161 and 162. Princes have persecuted <coughs> excuse me. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. But my heart standeth in awe at thy word. I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil. Ah, I, I took a week on these two verses. My heart standeth at awe at thy word. When's the last time you read your Bible and were at awe at what you read? It just shocked you so much you thought, wow, I got to think about the world. This is wonderful, Lord. I'm just in awe. When's the last time that happened? If it hasn't happened to you in a while, you're reading too fast. You're not taking the time to chew up God's word. And then it goes on to say, Rejoice in the word is one that findeth great spoil. Hey, we talked to the ladies here about finding chocolate bars under the communion table. I wish there were some under there. You're getting hungry, aren't you? But you know what? They would rejoice why they would find a great spoil. They'd be really happy about that. Aren't you happy when you find something in the Bible? Think about it. All right, Brother Teasdale, if you were remodeling downstairs in your kitchen... And you broke down one of the walls, and you found a case of $100 bills in it. Tell me something. Would you be rejoicing over the spoil? Yeah, you could get the kitchen. Wow, look at all this money God gave. Man, you'd be, oh, hallelujah. Look at this, sweetheart. Look at this, Debbie, man. Look at all this money we got, right? When's the last time we rejoiced about the Bible that way? There's many times when I get a verse... The first thing I want to do is go tell my wife, hey, you've got to see this verse I got. Man, this is great. The poor girl, she gets a six-point sermon before you ever hear it. But you know what? I like this because I rejoice over God's word. All right, one more verse, 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. Look at this. Great peace have they 
which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now that's a mouthful. You'll have peace when you love God's word. Nothing will offend you. You need to learn how to depend upon God for everything, for faith, how to supply your needs, even in times of trouble. My wife had been learning a lot about faith in the last several years we've been in this ministry full time. And I've learned something. God always takes care of you no matter what the situation. God's always going to take care of you somehow. And we've got to have a peace about it. Things that used to bother us don't bother us anymore. we got a peace about it. Why? We know God's going to take care of us somehow. I'll give you an example. Just before we went to Florida for our two-month two, uh, two tour, I went up to uh, Christmas for my family up in Wisconsin. My van started making a funny noise in the back, a roaring noise. I took it over. I got the oil changed, and he said, guess what? Your rear bearing's out. That'll be $500. Yeah, just before we go to Florida. Well, I said, okay, we got to do it. It's got to be fixed. My wife and I walked through the snow over to Wendy's, and we just walked over there, and we both had a smile on our face, saying, you know what? I'm not worried about this. God's going to take care of it somehow. Three days later, just before we left for Florida, I got a check in the mail from my sister Linda. I couldn't believe it. This is the one you know whose, uh, whose husband is the, the one uh, the one was the vice president of the company in Osasco? She never sends me money. 500 bucks. $500. I emailed her back and I said, thank you, Linda and Denny. This came at the right time and this was the need. And she, they wrote back and said, well, praise the Lord. We're glad we could be a blessing at the right time. But you see, God takes care of you. We had a peace about it. God supplied. It's amazing. And if you'd only get a hold of this, you see that I just don't preach the Bible. It comes to life. It's exciting for me. I love the Bible. And you've got to do the same. Or you will not memorize verses. You will not tell that soul about the Lord because you're not excited about the Lord. They've got to see your life. They've got to see your testimony. It's more than just handing out a track. It's letting them see your life and that you have something they don't have. They want to see your answers to prayer. They want to see the difference in your children. And they want to see that you don't just read your Bible, but you live your Bible and you love your Bible. That's what makes the difference. And that is the value of the Bible. But if you're not here, if you're here today and you're not sure you're going to heaven, you won't understand the value of this book until you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. We invite you to come today and talk to somebody about knowing for sure that you could go to heaven. That's what happened to me at the age of eight. Just because I was a preacher's kid doesn't mean I automatically knew the Bible, amen? I had to get saved just like everybody else. I had to realize I was a sinner, lost and bound for hell, and I needed a Savior. And that's what started all this. My dad never made me memorize the Bible. I did it on my own because I love this book. And it changed my life. And it can change yours also. Let's have a word of prayer. Bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to have an invitation in a moment. And I hope God has spoken to your heart. As you can see, it's a lot more to the Bible than just reading. It's meditating 
and soaking up what God has and learning it. That's the secret of preacher man. That's how I find the answers for all your questions. Because I don't have the answers. The Bible does. Think about that. But it all started when I accepted the Lord as my Savior at eight years old. How about you this morning? Do you have a better respect and value of God's word than you had before? I certainly hope so. Now you understand why I memorized all those words. Just out of Psalm 119. They all mean something to me. They were hand-picked. And you should do the same with your verses. Heavenly Father, I tried to make this as simple and as plain and as possible. I pray that I've gotten the point across to help these people enhance the memorization of your word, the reading of your word, the raising of their children, telling others about you, that we won't just think of the Bible as a book. We might be excited about it and love it. Oh, God, I ask that you bless this invitation as only you can, because we want things done your way, not ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll stand your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. As the piano player plays, if God has spoken to your heart, why don't you come? How much do you love your Bible? Is it valuable to you? Well, maybe this morning you see why it's valuable to the preacher man. No one made me memorize all these verses. I wanted to. Because I love my Bible. I love what God's Word says, and I know it works. I've seen it in my life. My wife has seen it in her life. We claim the promises of the Bible all the time. They're not just words to us. They're real. And they can be the same to you. And that's how I got to be the Bible answer man. These are real answers that really work. Because they're what God says, and they make sense. Whether it be child raising or child birth or genealogies or whatever, God has an answer for all this. And we need to realize it, meditate upon it, learn it. So we can understand what life is all about. What about it, my friend? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? If you die today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? We're not promised tomorrow, you know. Boast not thyself for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Proverbs 27, 1. Proverbs 27, 1. It's so important. You're not promised tomorrow for soul winning. You're not promised tomorrow for Bible reading. If you die today, what kind of a relationship would you have with God? What would you be saying before God about your life? Something to think about, isn't it? Maybe you look at the Bible a little differently now, huh? Something to really think about. You don't want to miss tonight because we're going to get part three about value of the Bible in a very special, special way. Pastor?